Welcome back, everybody, to Banana Split episode two. Oh, yeah. I hope you had a wonderful evening. And if you're still bored, please listen to us once more time. Once more time? (laughs) One more time. Well, you are the Asian, so. Oh, stop it. All right, Patrick, how are you? Yeah, I'm good. Um, Thanks. It might not even be the evening. It might be the morning. You might be listening to this on the way to work. Yeah, we might have that's some... A pod- that's the great thing about a podcast is you can literally just put it on any time at all. You could be years later and you're trying to catch up on all this awesome content that you've you know, been wondering about and you want to get to the roots. This is the, the dark ages. You know, We're going to be so good. In like five years, we're going to have like five million subscribers for sure. I don't think even Kevin Smith has that many. No, but, um, one can know. dream. One, one can, can dream, dream, that's it. Yeah. And in the end, if we get like five, I'm just as happy because it's just a way to hang out. and A good excuse to to meet up with a friend that I'd probably only see once a month if that, if I didn't have a half-decent reason. So. Well, yeah. this is a full-decent reason. Uh, it's fully it's, decent. Yeah. Fully bro. sick, bro. Welcome um, to the West. Okay, so... Yeah. Uh, Let's let's do a catch up. It's been about a week. Yeah. Um, so what's been happening on your end, Patrick? Uh, you know, just work generally. Getting muddy. Getting um, piling in the burgers. Trying to not feel bad about like, oh, how big am I going to get? I'm like, it's like Kevin Smith in reverse. Um, he lost a lot of weight recently by cutting out sugar, which I don't think I can do. I mean, if you're a celebrity and you've got someone to walk around with you and go, wait. Here's some muesli instead, then maybe, but um, they're apparently even cereals like that, uh, it gets converted into. I've got some research to do, obviously, but um, that might have to be the direction I go in eventually, but I can't imagine. It's my drug. I don't do anything hard. I've tried a few different things and back in the day, but my worst kind of and only vice, if you could call it that, is probably sugar. So, that's, well, um, well, dude, yeah. like... This this guy doesn't leave a house without a can of Coke Zero, any yeah. form of Coke. Actually, got one right here. Yep, right next to him. It's his baby. It's yeah, his like. Yeah. And they just—that's the big news recently. They've um, it's not really geek related, but I don't know a lot of geeks drink this stuff. Um, they they uh, stopped producing, so maybe there's another week of. I don't think they're even making it right now. So Coke Zero has been um, taken off the shelves, and they're just shell- selling what's left. Um, and it's being replaced with something called Coke No Sugar, which I should probably change the name of to Coke No Taste, because um, <laughs> it's certainly lacking something. Um, and we can't really protest the the change other than maybe switching to a different brand. And I've had there's too many variations issues. that mm. causes confusion to the consumer, like no sugar diet, and then yep. the one with the caffeine free. I'm like, so so what? Yeah, you know, and and because of those variations, you're stuck for like. Uh, you're just befuddled, and that's why I choose co- the stevia because green it is confusing. means cool, and like yeah, fifty percent less sugar. Cause if I- you squint, you can tell yourself it's green tea, because <laughs> that's why I've made a post on Facebook as I always do, and and um, about trivial things, and everyone's like, "What? You need some serious help, man!" Like they were acting as if I just posted my a picture of myself smoking a crack pipe, um, but it was just a variety of different colas that. I had to now choose from for a new yeah. replacement. But yeah, the other thing is that Woolworths decided to not stock Coke No Sugar and Domino's has switched from all the cola products to all the Pepsi products. 
Wow. So that's, that's, uh, and the share price today got absolutely savaged. They've um, dumped a huge amount of value in their shares. So interesting times. Those pillars that we thought used to, um, you know, be at the center of the core of society are starting to crumble. You might have to, you might have to make the switch to Pepsi in the future. Oh, Who knows? man. It's like one line I used to always use because I don't know where I heard it, but I thought it was hilarious um, was uh, you'd go to one of those cheap little kebab shops or pizza, wherever it was. You know, a lot of them seem to only have um, the Pepsi stuff because I think it's cheaper for them to buy. And they'd ask me um, if I'd want, you know, because you'd ask for a Coke Zero or whatever, and they'd be, oh, no, we only have Pepsi. Is that okay? And I'd be like, uh, yeah, but I've only got Monopoly money. Is that okay? <laughs> a cracker, that one. <laughs> I'd always got them chuckling in the aisles. But, um, yeah, I might actually have to come around to it. A few people have mentioned that they do a uh, vanilla Pepsi Max, so that's no sugar. And it's got that lovely taste of vanilla Coke, which used to be one of my favorites, but it's got like, I think, um, four kilograms of sugar in every cup. Yeah, more sugar So vanilla. Yeah, that was my one attempt at It's good, at, but at a price. It was switching to the zeros, but... Um, All right, so so last week we had uh, a collector mania. So Patrick, that's right. can you talk to us about I that? That was your, the whole point of your question. Like, <laughs> yeah. How many times do I do that? Just, oh, well, let's talk about something. No, so yeah, that was what happened on uh, a Saturday. So that was only like two days after. No, it was a Sunday. That's the reason I could go because I always um, work on Saturday mornings. But uh, yes, yeah, Sunday I could do and we turned up and I was a bit worried because according to the Facebook event, we only pretty much had the cosplayers coming were the judges and a couple of volunteers and... Um, we had two hosts, and that actually worked. I was a bit worried because um, one of them, Peter Stein, great guy, uh, he wasn't sure if he could make it due to his work, and then he could. But by that time, I already had a backup that was keen, uh, right. Bridget, and she's also really good. Yeah. But they made it work. He did the little um, introduction, and then she would ask some questions. And that was great because he's good at the quick um, joke. He's always the joke, obviously. He's very and, quick. He's yeah, yeah. I mean, he's done. Yeah, right. He was actually at Collectomania, I think it was two years ago, as some character from Borderlands, Jack. Something Jack. Yeah, I've only played the first Borderlands. Yeah, but... I played it for five minutes, and I was like, "This is not Fallout." Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> Where's Vats? I'm out. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but anyway, Handsome Jack, I think it is. Basically, it uses cell shading like the game, and it looks amazingly good. But he didn't do a lot of role-playing as such, whereas the Joker, he really gets into the character and it's fun to watch. Um, but yeah, so I was a little worried about turnout because it's a small event and the only real marketing that we do, um, air quotes, is in Facebook groups. So you share right. it around, you do the spamming, you know, and I feel bad for my friends because they get that um, notification blitz yeah, of like I, I get 20 notifications. Guy. I'm like, who, yeah. who, which girl liked my photos now? I'm yeah. like, oh, look, no, no it's, it's Patrick. It's just me oh, sharing it in the same my, five minutes span. My dreams are crushed as I clicked on the notification yeah, yeah. panel. It's like 11 notifications. Thanks, bro. In this, 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 and that. Because so, that's the other thing with this community. There's so many different little um, groups and, uh, well, 
Yeah, that's pretty much it. You invite a couple of your friends that you know you might come, like individually you send them an invite. But even then I had people who I'd invited who I told about it on the day, like, hey, mate, are you going to come? And they're like, what? So an invite won't necessarily rise to the top of their newsfeed. You're personally clicking to invite that person and they have no idea. (laughs) So I'm like, what's the point of doing that? You know, a couple might see it, but obviously plenty don't. So, I don't know. Yeah, there needs to be more uh, ways to get stuff out there, I think, or, or another method other than social media. Um, right. Obviously, right. we can't afford newspaper ads. There was one that I was involved in called Popcorn for a while. Uh, that lasted about a year. That was a small event in Parramatta. Yes. And uh, the first couple of events, um, we had some local newspaper advertising and... That seemed to really work because you got a lot of randoms turning up because it was a bit out of the way. It was close to the station geographically, but it wasn't on a thoroughfare where there was a lot of foot traffic. So people had to really find... It was a PCYC, basically, on the dark side of the station where there was no shops. So, um, But it was within walking distance and it was very easy, close to public transport. So it's very good for the cosplayers and uh, it's it's easy, easy parking for the vendors as well. Yeah. Um. But uh, I I was there like almost every month because yeah. you were like one of the heads there, like trying to host a cosplay comp. Yep. You were campaigning everyone to come, and I came there with my initial support. I think I hosted the comp yeah, a couple yep. of times, uh, awkward times. as hell. But I wanted to test my Louis C.K. humor. <laughs> Love that guy. Um. But I remember last year is yeah, 2016 February was the most popular month. I think mm. and it had. Over like 20, 30 plus cosplayers. Yeah, I think it was something like, it was about 40 yeah. entered, entered. And there was a bunch that dress up and look amazing, but don't enter. Um, so, but so yeah. I, I think with advertising or with, you know, if if friends are with, with great popularity on social media, advertise, it can work. Yeah, it, it needs and, to get, reach a certain, as someone said, I posted a, a question about why smaller cons don't get, uh, why it's so hard to get people to turn up. And uh, there's some great responses. Um, But someone did mention critical mass. And that was uh, a really good answer, I think. Michael Wenman. Once you reach a certain threshold, the environment is self-sustaining. You have to do something dramatic to kill off the ongoing reaction and cosplayers. Once critical mass is achieved, but getting to it, if you're below that, can be difficult. And I'm like... Yeah, how do I do that, man? Whoa, and he's written a really long um, response, which I don't think I have seen yet. So there we go. It's, uh, it's definitely an issue that's out there and has a lot of... Everyone's got an opinion on it. There was another response that I found interesting, and I could totally see where she was coming from, um, Katie Parker. And she'd mentioned that she'd come to smaller events but then actually felt um, more anxious. So this is what she said. I personally feel too anxious at smaller cons because they're usually so small that you're forced that you have to interact with people more so than say at supernova or oz comic con i went to popcorn once and while i enjoyed it to a point i knew basically no one and everyone knew each other and it was so small that everyone was in their groups and so i felt awkward and then being in cosplay made me feel even more awkward and exposed Uh, but that is just me personally um but i yeah, as a former, you know, geek that got a little bit pushed to the fringes on the playground, I kind of so get that. 
like being at a party or a barbecue where you only know one person and then they leave and then you're like, well, this is just like I, I the most think awful a, it is. thing you can imagine. So, it, yeah. It's, it's an awkward occurrence for everybody. I yeah. mean, it's, it's, it's always isolating um, if you don't know anybody at, at, at a convention or at a popcorn or at a collectomania because a lot of times these cosplayers are within their own groups of friends and sometimes they're not very open to, to allow new people in. Um, so I try to introduce myself and they clearly walk off. I'm like, wait, is it me? Is it, what, 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 <laughs> yeah. See, I don't even get tacky? to that point. I don't, I won't even introduce myself. I'm, yeah. It's like um, the one icebreaker that I had was I like to go around and get as many photos as I can. And then I hand in my card and they'll be like, Oh, I know this website. And I'm like, Oh my God, people have yeah. heard of us. Yeah. Um, so that's, and then you might get chatting, but otherwise, yeah. Or the costume itself is an icebreaker. So someone recognizes it. And is into the same um, fandom of whatever it may be, so that can go over really well as an icebreaker. But um, yeah, if it's a, and I see what because at a large event, there's so many people that it kind of I see what she means. Where and everyone's sort of within their own circle, right? At a small event, yeah, but at a large event, you get that, but it's not as noticeable. It feels like you're at say like a a really busy train station. And then you've got that icebreaker, say a costume that you really like, and you can just go up to them and go, great costume. Yeah. And then you're talking. And it's not as weird to be um, so breaking a, that ice. Like 20 um, people at a then as, Yeah, like 20 people. Because then most people there will know each other and then it'll sort of be more intimidating because they're kind of already <laughs> hanging out and talking. Whereas at a large event, everyone kind of gets split up and the crowd's you know, just so huge that it's weirdly less intimidating well i guess because so, a lot of mm. big conventions you have a lot to do so you have your own objectives like for me i'm all about the panels and the celebrities so mm. there's a lot of insight um, i don't really care about the you know the prop making workshops or yeah. all that you know all the uh the swag because i have no monies uh mm. so i know the panels are free within the ticket yeah. um and and for me uh, my priorities have changed as I attend cons. It used to be taking photos with all these cosplayers, but I know Patrick is the man for that because he's kind of managing the, the Beyond cosplay well, like, f- photos and then other people. Yeah, I tend right? to be the one that takes yeah. most of them and then I'll yeah. find a few from friends that are, have got their own little pages Yeah, and I'll sort of sniff, steal some of theirs. I'm like, that's amazing. And I, there'll be a couple where I didn't get that cosplayer. Yeah. And I've got this weird OCD thing where my ultimate dream would be to have an aggregated album of almost every single cosplay at that event. That would be my... Yeah. That, that obsessive-compulsive desire to um, catch them all, so to speak. Sure. And, like, you know, have every single... And I've actually met someone else that's a bit like that. He walks around in a cowboy hat. I forget his name. It's something like... Um, Gnarly Scar. Scar. Yeah. Gnarly Scar, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he actually puts out a little... Um, Great guy. ...annual. Yeah. I nearly bought one. I should have bought one. But it was like the only issue for me was... They're all in quite small images, yeah. so it would to me. I'd it'd make more. It'd be more appealing if you had a couple of splash pages. You right. Know, the the inside, like you had like an almost lift out style poster in the middle of some of the better ones, and then yeah. But it's funny flipping through that, and there's hundreds of photos in there, and you're recognizing ninety percent of them, um, the people in it. So that's really cool to see that in like. Is it a hardcover format? It's kind of one of those bendy magazine style yeah. things. It's yeah. a high quality grade of 
the, um, the thing, the problem with that sort of print is how much profit do you make? You know, it's like the margins are so low yeah, yeah. Uh, for a lot of these print and these artists. It's, it's just a real shame. It's clearly a labor of love. Like, I don't think he's making any real money from that. I mean, he's selling him for like 35 bucks or something. Yeah. Um, which is good value. But yeah, for me, it was like, oh, but they're all like almost not postage stamp size, but yeah. Um, yeah, he's going for quite, almost like you could say quantity over quality because some of those photos do deserve a, a bigger format. Yeah. Um, so it is a compromise that he had to make, unfortunately. But um, I, yeah, and I think Kinokuni had published something, at, was it this year or last year? They do one every year? Yeah, um, I'll, it's actually like they, they did it last year. So um, anybody who enters the cosplay competition gets a, basically gets to be in the, the cosplay book, the Kinokuni right. cosplay book. And it's, and you have to sign up. Um, it costs, I think, $45, which is actually quite steep. It's quite steep of a price, but mm. the, the quality of the photos are great and you get your own page yep. and it's all the entrance and it's just a nice way to you know collectively get your memories. Um, but on the point of like uh, small uh, cosplay conventions, uh, Kin Kuniya, I guess... It's not a, like a large convention uh, per se. It's just like it hosts on free comic book day. Yeah. Therefore, you get the large numbers. Yeah. And um, other comic book stores in that vicinity also do it. Yeah. So you will automatically get large numbers. I don't think that counts as a small event because you've got that financial backing of all the marketing. Yeah, that's true. You've got because you see full page ads. You see, I think I even saw a TV spot. You see, um, I'm sure I saw something on the back of a bus. Um, that might have been Supernova, actually. But, you know, it's out there. It's in the public consciousness. It's mentioned on the radio. Um, you know, so you've got that. The norms even have an inkling of it. Yeah. And then, of course, every cosplayer is like, well, you know, it's got that critical mass of we're all going to be there. So, you know, there'll be photographers. And that's one thing we didn't really have at Collectomania. There was no, like, um, well-known cosplay photographers. I definitely think you need like big names, either mm. cosplay photography or cosplayer, to endorse the event. Yeah, either well, through their we page. had a, we had the winner of the, you know, Supernova Cosplay Comp, like the overall winner, Gen, um, Spartan Genzi, yeah. who did these amazing. Uh, was from Overwatch. No, it's from Destiny. Destiny, that's right. And like, like the six-legged thing. Yeah, that was yeah. insane. And she didn't wear that at Collectomania because it's just too big, but. She wore, um, she wore parts of it. Yeah, yeah, she had a pretty sweet. So, so that's real dedication. Yeah, yeah, to bring and that whole getup. And I've asked her right plenty of times, like, isn't that like a chore to like prepare and wear for such a small event? She's like, mm. no, nah, I enjoy it. It's yeah, just yeah. what I do. She's and, amazing. Full yeah, props so. to her. And we were gonna have hench wench, but then um, I was Comic Con, flew her down to Melbourne, so you can't really compete with that. So no, that's. I, she said she felt bad, and I she shouldn't feel bad because I mean, look, they're gonna pay her um an undisclosed sum she's very like aware of oh no, that's confidential but obviously you know there's some remuneration and they're that big that they can afford to do that so i can't begrudge someone that's gonna turn down like money you know, yeah because yeah, as, money's as, money, as an artist how often know. do you get paid actual money <laughs> as an artist you know all i could offer was maybe a little bit of you know that lucrative uh you know what's it called it's like a pop vinyl or... or no, no. Um, <laughs> profile, like... Uh, exposure? Exposure, that's it. Oh, tons of exposure. You yeah, can yeah, buy yeah. lots of food with that. No, but but like it's 
she shouldn't be sorry because as an artist you're trying to make a living out of your love and craft so you know it's like more, mm. all more power to her well she has a jobby job like a, a proper job and i think that's even involved costuming somehow it's something to do with theater but um yeah she's got a long list of people lined up to uh you know commission pieces for already but it's right. more like I don't know. I guess the ultimate goal would be not just to have private commissions, but if you're someone like that, would be to get hired by, say, a film studio or, uh, you know, to get picked up for bigger productions. And I mean, she's worked on Lord of the Rings, so. Yeah. You know, that's going to happen again, something like that, well, I'm sure. She's got tons of experience there, but um, yeah. So, yeah, what I mean is, and that, that did get some likes. I mean, that did help, I think, get some attention. We ended up with about 20. Um, people competing and we had uh, what four or five winners it was a good turnout yeah it was okay I could, in the end that was the point I was getting to it didn't end up too bad like there was a couple of people that I hadn't met before there was someone named Amy who was the Wonder Woman and she was really good um, and she's apparently been cosplaying for years and I'm like how did I not I thought I knew everyone so uh, yeah um, it was actually alright but I just I still felt a little bit like you know, why aren't we getting, uh, you know, at least 20 or 30 more people to something like this when there's almost nothing out in, in the West? In You'd Sydney. also have to consider that there were other events happening at the same yeah, time. Yeah, 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 that's true. prioritise Oz Comic Con Melbourne or Winterfest. Winterfest was on. Which is also which is huge. more of a medieval reenactment thing, but yeah, well, there was massive, definitely a few yeah. warm bodies that would have turned up. Yeah, last year in Parramatta had great crowds. Yeah. Um, so... You'd also have to consider, like anything that's happening on the day that people prioritize over. It's yeah. like Supernova versus Collectomania. I'm sorry, I'm going to choose Supernova purely for the. That was in Perth, I think, that weekend. Right, yeah. right. But hypothetically, if it was yeah, in Sydney. Yeah. Oh well, you're not going to put it on the same day as something that big. Yeah. In the same city. Well, the organizer would be suicide. Do that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know that's a good point. Um, there's another one in October. Um, I don't know if we're going to do the cosplay comp, but if when Lindsay, who's the owner of Collectomania, which is basically a large market for um, toys, little model cars mostly, but they do trading cards, you name it, um, pretty much like the same kind of loot, you know, what do you call it, swag yeah. that you see at Supernova and things like that. And they right. had about 200 tables. And, you know, they get through wow. a couple of hundred people in the day, probably over a thousand I think during yeah. the day, like it's a decent sized little hall. Great um, collectible so, items, you know. Big mm. fan of it. Like there's this guy that sold like Evil Dead uh, figurines from the eighties, so like RoboCop, you know. Um, was it yeah, all Halloween the retro guy. stuff, lots of yeah. uh, old school toys. Yeah, which was weird seeing a giant bucket of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles um, <laughs> from back in the day. That right, was, that was you know all the nostalgia feels. Um, so yeah, that was that, and uh, you know, I'm just going to keep doing it. I mean, I think that to me is a success, and maybe it'll just, yeah, it'll it'll catch on. I just for me, I'm like, what's that X factor that we're missing to get to critical mass? There's got to be some glaring, um, obvious thing that that we didn't um, hit. You know, that we need to. Well, what about location? Do. Like popcorn kind of had a steady stream of numbers maybe yeah it was fine towards the end though it is the fact that it was at Parramatta would would that Mm. make any change just because it's more centralized and location wise because Penrith for some people might be out of the way yeah and it wasn't right near a station I've never walked there 
from the station. I just drove everything. I had to, had to but, Uber um, my ass there, man. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how <laughs> close that would be. So, I but, think... so Parramatta and and somewhere central, like when that, once they fix the town hall up, yeah. we'll see how that goes and maybe re- resurrect Popcon because yeah, as you said, it did get a regular following of the same kind of crowd of um, twenty to thirty people. And, and, that, and, if and you those can build... same crowds would pay the same amount of money for entry and stuff. So yeah, I, mean, but that was, I think that was five or six bucks. It was. I think the only way you're going to make money is from the selling tables. The vendors, and yeah. then the vendors only turn up if people turn up to buy things. So you do need regular crowds that That's aren't true. just there for the cosplay. It's a circular thing. Yes. So that was, I think, what made it difficult in the end. They weren't getting the normal people, so to speak. Um, you know, the families to come Non-cosplayers, in there. Non-cosplayers, yeah, by yeah. the way. Yeah. Normies. Um, so yeah, you've got to pull that crowd as well. And that, that's always a challenge. So, and that's what these, uh, major cons, that's what these major cons do so well, because they, they appeal to the broad audience. You can be a filthy yeah, yeah. casual and still attend even for one day. You don't mm. have to be hardcore and go all the, all weekend. You can just even go half day if you're tired and just leave, but you're mm. still paying that money for entry. You're still having fun and you're still adding to the, the number count that supernova relies on a lot on in terms of like advertising and yeah. boosting their numbers for social media. Mm. So, um, you know, they, they, what they boast that they have what, like 20, 30,000. I asked, um, Daniel Zachariah, that was one of the questions I put to them. How, yeah. how big how was the weekend? Right. And this was a week later. This was like a Friday night, a solid week after mm. he said lots. That's not so, a number. <laughs> that's not a number. <laughs> this is from the director. So I was like, well, Okay, maybe they need more time to count those tickets. Um, but it was, you know, over 30,000 for sure. Because I think Ironfest had those kind of numbers. So it was way more than maybe close to 50,000 over yeah. a weekend. Um, so, you know, that's the thing. It's either 20 or 30 or freaking tens of thousands. And why isn't there something kind of in between? I, I think the closest thing that's in between is probably that free comic book day. Because that's probably only a couple of thousand. Yeah, because it's it's catering towards comic book readers who may mm. nece- not necessarily be cosplayers, but yep. they're all geeks. And you'll they're be there. Nerds. You'll be there soon, Kunakunia. When's that happening? Um. Oh right. So uh, there's an event. My my good friend Oliver. He's having a book launch. He's launching his new children's book, and it's about Comic Con. And he actually interviewed me to base off his new character in that book. So I'm, and he talks about cardboard cosplays, which I'm known for. And um, if I don't go there, then I'm, uh, I'll, I'll let him down. So uh, I'm going to be there tomorrow uh, to support him and the book launch, and I'll be in some sort of cosplay to help him out because he's a he's an amazing comedian, an amazing author. Oliver, check him out. Um, his mm. first book is called Tyrific, which we talks about like um, him as a child in high school. It's uh, a great guy. So so just check him out, guys. Um, what's his What's the name of the book? Um, I don't know. <laughs> Come on, man. You're in the book. Should probably, we'll have to get back to you with more details yeah. on that next week. Yeah. Um, but yeah, what else has been happening in the news lately? Uh, Bad publicity. Sorry, guys. <laughs> we'll have to make up for that. So much but, for being a good friend. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah. So I, I, we were talking about cosplay, these events having small gatherings, but um, mm. it, it's generally how do you appeal to a crowd? So it's got to be a good location. Good advertising, give the paper or somewhat, and a well-known cosplayer, because they have a strong following. Say, hey guys, I'll be in say in Parramatta at this time. 
Yeah. Who's going to join me? And there's always fans who will follow. Mm. It does seem to help. I mean, we had Evie Dante's, but that announcement was probably a bit late. That was only probably three or four days before. And um, she did share it on her page, but her page seems to be like 99% um, eager American fans. They're like, well, if it wasn't 90,000 miles away. But, you know, still, she was a great... um, judge and really got into it and cosplayed as uh was it the duff mascot yeah duff beer guy duff beer guy um, it's pretty good yeah it's like especially she for that small apart. cop it's like yeah everyone's kind of dedicated yeah I, I felt the judges were more decked out than the competitors yeah yeah well I mean, <laughs> you gotta if you're gonna have someone judge it they should know what they're doing and i thought we had a really good selection we had carly graham as well um is Siren Shenanigan cosplay? I have to look that up, actually. Great job, Patrick. Yeah, I'm just as bad. I should have probably written that down. But no one's going to write down something that I'm saying. It'll just be, uh, you know, he's looking it up now. But, um, you know, so we had three female judges and one guy, Dan, Dan Demand. That's his cosplay page. That's a lot easier to remember. Carly's kind of, I think, made it a bit of a mouthful. But she does some really good stuff. Um, so when, you know, I sat there while they were doing the actual uh, scoring at the end. And, you know, it was... Sh- yeah, look at this. Sharingan Siren. She needs to... Um, and you don't even like it. Come on, go go like the page. Give her that 1,278 like. Yeah. I'm not, yeah, I'm not going to spell that out. You'll have to um, just uh, join one of the Facebook groups... You're probably already in if you're listening to this. Yep. So and it'll get shared the, on there. The guy's name is Oliver Flomavan, and his book is called Super Con Nerd. Oh, this is the book launch. This is the book launch happening on the 8th of July tomorrow. As is he Thai? Yeah. Yeah, Flomavan. So, wait, no, he, he's either that or Vietnamese. I have no idea. I mean, I'm not going to hmm. say all Asians look the same. No, but, but it's the, the, the surname. Yes. You know, it's like if it was Tanaka, that would be Japanese. If it was... Right. Zin, it would be Chinese. Right. Fom, with the, that silent um, P, that, that to me, my um, Thai yes. buzzer's going off. Yeah. Yeah, but, um, yep, so he's got a book launch tomorrow. Get, get, get there, guys. Be in cosplay and su- support local artists everywhere. Mm. Um, cool. Yeah, bring a copy home. I want to read it. Looks cool. Yeah, that'll be good. Um, yeah, so that in the news, um, there's been a sad, get serious time. Uh, someone passed away that we all dearly love without realizing it. Her name was uh, Jean Lee. I'll to double check the that. wife of Stan Lee. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So as Kevin Smith said in his um, touching eulogy, um, or not so much a eulogy as a he shared a story about when he'd met her and. Um, you know, come to realize that she was really not the woman so much behind Stanley, but the woman beside him. You know, they were best friends for 70 years. Um, that's an incredible amount of time. 93, so you can't really um, kind of... That's a long time. That's a good innings. Uh, but still, it's terribly sad for um, Stanley, I'm sure, given that how close they obviously were. Right. And hopefully he doesn't go the way of, you know, what happens with some older couples where once one goes, the other one's yeah. soon behind. But yeah. You know, not that you could be mad about it. Like, 
how dare you? We love you. I, I think but, yeah, he's such just... an icon to so many people that it would kind of yeah. suck if he, he left uh, the building. Joan. Sorry, not Jean. Yeah. Yeah. Joan Lee. Beautiful smile. Mm. Yeah, I can see why um, you know, she clearly had the, the right sense of humor. And what is mentioned here is that he was about to quit Marvel. He's got a bit of an ego in the best possible way. Like you need to have um, an ego to be an artist of that caliber. Um, so obviously there was some kind of personality clash at the company. He was about to pack it all in and she convinced him to stay and um, write a comic that he was proud of. And that comic turned out to be the Fantastic Four. That That's a series that is actually credited with creating the Marvel Universe. Wow. So yeah, there we go. If it wasn't for her, none of this would have happened. We wouldn't be here. <laughs> we wouldn't oh exist God, man. for some reason. He created you know, the Big Bang. The world wouldn't have been saved by them so many he times. Cre- he created the universe, Stan Lee. <laughs> Not just the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but all life itself. Yes. <laughs> yep. Very good. I'm sure there's a the genesis of a plot there for a film. Where, you know, There's some underlying thing where without those authors, without those fictions, they are in some way actually saving the world every other day there's there's a line of thought there i'll leave it alone for now but there's, there's something yeah to circle around to at some point cool dead air never a good sign that's <laughs> yeah. all right but uh, that's what i had i had the collectomania i had the um you know the issue with how do we get more people i have to work on that that's a if if you knew that secret i think then you could be very successful it's like how do we know that Either a hundred people or a hundred thousand people are going to watch a movie. Um, if you knew the answer to that, you would be in Hollywood. It's it's about the sensation and being viral. Like mm. yesterday, you shared a clip about this short film called uh, Firebase. Yep. Right, and I watched it like an hour later, and I was hooked wow. straight away. And I and I subscribed to the channel, followed their social media straight yep. away, just because of the quality of the filmmaking and. Just a simple share. I'm like, all right, I'm mm. curious. Yeah. And he had uh, this film is amazing, guys. Twenty minute film directed by Neil Blomkamp, oh, who God, did uh, District Nine. Yeah. Right. So it's got that kind of uh, science fiction independent vibe, mm. but it's also got Hideo Kojima vibes, Metal Gear Solid esque, mm. set in the '60s. A lot of supernatural themes, uh, a lot of philosophy, uh, yep. and, and religious uh, iconography, even. Mm. So uh, check it out, guys. It's, it's an amazing uh, short film. And they're trying to get Hollywood studios to fund a feature yeah. because this short film didn't have a proper ending. No, that's why I didn't watch it. Was it was an open Funnily ending. Funnily enough, I shared it, but I didn't watch yeah. it because as soon as I read that, I'm like, no, <laughs> I need to know what happens. I want to know more. But I'll probably yeah. watch it. I was just also, I saw that on the PC. I do this weird thing where I have like two computer screens in front of me plus the, um, the flat screen 4K TV. I got that a few months ago. And speaking of 4K, I've been trying to hoover up as many um, physical media 4K discs as I can because they're the only ones that really bring out the um, full effect, apparently. Uh, You can watch it on Netflix in 4K, but it's not quite... It's a bit compressed, um, so it's quite a more Blu-ray quality, which is still pretty good. Um, I would definitely watch that over standard def any time. But... yeah, so the first, that was the other thing I wanted to mention, ever narrated or fictional series to ever come out on a 4K disc will be uh, Westworld. Oh, so, yeah, I'll be my favorite show. As soon as that comes out, I don't care what they're charging, it'll be some ridiculous price, but I'll have to have it. Because um, even though we did torrented to watch it, because the only way you could 
watch it otherwise was by paying for Foxtel. Yeah. Which I have done recently, and I've been watching a lot of stuff on there um, that I couldn't otherwise get. But, you know, if I ever do torrent something, um, I do as soon as I can buy the DVD version or... Yeah. See, see, I was pretty skeptical of the 4K phenomena at first, but then Patrick invited me over to his place and he had a 4K TV. I'm like, okay, what? It looks like a normal TV to me. And then I and then I opened my eyes and I put on my glasses <laughs> and I'm like, it helps whoa. When you wear the glasses. I, I could see the single blades of grass in the yep. farms or the, the, the pupils in the eye, the detail. It was like I was there. The pores and, on their skin, yeah. Right. The pores on the skin... And, and the movement was so clear and fluid. Um, mm. And then when I watched my, my standard definition shows on computer, I'm like, wow, I'm just watching a, a Monet painting. It's so yeah. murky and muddy. I'm like, wow, I need to get 4K in the future. It is stunning quality. Wow, dropping the uh, Impressionist artist references. This is getting <laughs> highbrow. Yeah. Man. No, but uh, uh, Westworld, that's, that's good news. I think any yeah, looking, show that's Because I haven't seen it. I've been looking forward to picking it up. Um, I've got a close friend that I've been trying to get to watch it. So I'm like, if I do that, then I'll, I can force them to watch it because I'll lock the door and be like, you know, it's one of those things like Game of Thrones. A lot of people won't watch it because, oh, yeah, but it's got dragons and swords and, you know, they're not into that sort of thing. But you have to stick with it. Um, even if you're not into, say, Westerns, like is Westworld is. I'm not a big Western fan, but once you get past that... Um, it's, a, it's a hybrid. It's a, it's a Western hi- yeah, sci-fi. It's a sci-fi thing as well. I mean, they do mix of. it up. But, um, but man, yeah, don't let that superficial veneer um, put you off. Well, it's got brilliant acting from Anthony Hopkins. and uh, Everyone Ra- in it just rocks. Everyone, Rachel Wood. Um, Even the, no, the names that aren't that big, they really just well, give amazing performances. Ed Harris, jeez, yeah. who, oh. who can forget him? Wow. Um, and then the, the, the cowboy guy, what's his name again? He was uh, he was Cyclops in X-Men. Yeah, yeah. I think you're talking about, um, he's got a, he shares a name with one of my favorite actors who plays Spike in Buffy. And for some reason, I always, whenever they mention this guy, so he's going to pull out IMDb, I think, on his um, Samsung. They should really sponsor us or something. Every name I drop. No, I'm a, I'm an iPhone guy, man. I am a Steve it's Jobs. It's not an slice. iPhone, is it? It's an iPhone. Oh, I don't want those. I'm an Android boy. <gasps> James Marsden. That's it. Ah. See, Spike's name. I think it's similar. It's like James Masters or something. So, yeah. Yeah. I was getting them mixed up. But James Marsden, he's really good. Evan Rachel Wood, she's amazing. Um, and I think that was her first big role. What else has she been in? Um, but yeah, yeah. So nothing else that's oh. really huge. The so wrestler. She was in the wrestler. Yeah, I yeah. We watched that. True okay. Blood. Oh. Okay. But probably not big roles like the Ides of March um, with the two leading men of this generation of this sort of uh, what would you call it? Like it was the twenty first century. That was last. Yeah. We're in that now. We're not in the twenty second century though. No, we're not. We're in the 21st. But yeah, George Clooney and the younger one. <laughs> it's like a younger George Clooney, basically. What's uh, his name? Ryan Gosling. Ryan Gosling. Yeah, yeah those that, guys. Wow. He's, um, so she might have been the intern that basically George Clooney slept with. And then um, I'm sort of spoiling that film, but no one's going to watch it. So it's okay. 
<laughs> you never I know. I bought Patrick. it once for five dollars from a um, secondhand DVD shop, and uh, it's good. It was, it's a good choice, right? It was all right, but I wasn't super overwhelmed. One thing I'm looking forward to seeing um, tomorrow, I'll be watching it with my eight-year-old son. So it's a perfect movie for him, and he can't wait to see it. Spider-Man: Homecoming. Um, so we'll be talking about that next week. Yeah. All the spoilers. Um, but yeah, can't wait for that. Hmm. It's going to be a very exciting time, uh, especially uh, since 2019. That'll be the, the the final year with which this current cinematic universe will finish. Yeah. Because as you can imagine, on a practical and pragmatic scale, the the contracts will finish up for Evans, Hemsworth, uh, Downey Jr. And so they they have expressed um, basically they want to move on, and it kind of makes sense mm. because if they kind of um, if you go by the narrative in Marvel, I think uh, the Winter Soldier takes over as Captain America, and he looks like he's ready to stick around for a while. Yeah, that actor. Yeah, um, he's not exactly. But the other guys have more star power, so they can go in any mm. direction. Yeah, they yeah. Want film-wise, so but the other guy maybe he wants he's to take what he can get. <laughs> yeah, he'll take whatever <laughs> for now. I mean, I'm sure he'll have his time, but like for now, yeah. he's got to just stick in the trenches. Not that that's a trench. I mean, he's but, playing the Winter Soldier, then yeah. Captain America. I mean, Jesus. But it makes sense. Robert Downey Jr. had been here since 2008. Yeah, a whole yeah. decade with Marvel. So, Iron Man was the first, yeah. and it just blew up from there. He's amazing, but I think it's time for him to do... I don't know. I can't. He's, for me, it's like Hugh Jackman. I can't imagine anyone else as Iron Man or anyone else as Wolverine. You can have... Um, they've chopped and changed with other characters, especially in the X-Men universe. Um, there's been a few changes. There's Mystique being two different actresses. Um, I like the first mistake. Yeah, yeah, she was good. Yeah, I mean Jennifer Lawrence is great, and you can see why they kept using that with the star power and all that. But yeah, I don't know. To me, she's not as iconic as I mean, given that the character is a shapeshifter and spends a lot of time in other people's yeah. looking like other people, it's probably not as much of an issue. But Hugh Jackman, like he is Wolverine. It gets to that point, and I know there'll be another one one day. But it's just it's going to be hard for me to let go. Um, I know it has to be like James Bond and. You know, you, you've got constant reinterpretations and all that, but yeah. well, it's going to be hard. Although, one, um, there was a show that got cancelled and I was really disappointed. Um, it's Constantine. Yeah, I still haven't season. seen more than, say, an episode or two, and unfortunately it wasn't as gritty and edgy as I'd hoped. Uh, it, I mean, it is on the CW, uh, was it, or one of those? Ve- no, it was on the, I think either that or ABC network, right. and so it was very uh, kids' was only, vibe. Yeah, there was only so much they could do, and he's this chain-smoking, yeah. t- like, foul-mouthed I feel it should be exorcist. way more darker, like a Westworld, yeah, yeah. like that sort of uh, thematic. So I think, hopefully it's a blessing in disguise and they yeah. can actually take it but, to a place where he can really, has the room to breathe and be yeah. a character. That he, There's another one I've been meaning to watch called Preacher, um, which is a similar kind of gritty mm. character. Yeah. And I've read that um, most of the books, I believe, if not all of them, and... Um, amazing stuff so i'm really looking forward to watching that that's been another one of those ones where you have to subscribe to some like obscure video on demand channel to actually find it though so i'm hoping i can i I think it's on stan and when i bought the xbox i got a free month subscription to that so i've been meaning to um kick it off but yeah my friend got um foxtel recently so i threw that on and um, been watching a lot of Fear the Walking Dead, which turned out to be surprisingly good. I know you've only seen the first season. Yeah, so... I'm recommending you give it another shot. And uh, How does it compare to the, the normal Walking Dead? I, they're two different animals. I mean, they live in the same universe, but I don't think they're ever going to cross paths um, as much as that would be a kick to see. 
Um, there's a lot of I know both shows have a lot of surprise deaths, like very Game of Thronesy and that sort of whoa, right? That person, but right. he was going to be, you know. I don't want to give anything away there, but um, I, I hope I hope deaths. some black guy survive because the black guy always dies, man. Yeah, well, not so much in this case. Again, I don't want to give too much away, but th- there's a guy that turns up um, right at. I think is he there in the beginning with the first season? The guy that yeah. kind of gets he's in jail he with in the, prison. the Johnny Depp lookalike. Yeah, and um, like a young Johnny Depp, and they sort of escape together, and he helps them get on a boat, and then uh, he sticks around for a good while. Awesome. Um, yeah, so. It's just, it gets good. There's a couple of scenes. There's always going to be um, things that grind my gears with, as soon as they step into the field and start mixing it up with zombies, sorry, walkers. um, Yeah, it does get a bit hard to watch because they keep doing really dumb things, like just getting surrounded super quick. Like, why don't you just go back to back, corner off like they never seem to act too strategically there's a couple of characters there's one or two that do seem to um keep it smart and know what to do to survive but there's so many we just like oh it's like any horror film you always have those moments those cringe moments well, of, it's those horror tropes that? you see like the car doesn't yeah, yeah. start they're tripping right everyone's falling you know, over all the time suddenly they're screaming for help it's like yeah yeah a lot of pointless po- carrying on phone like, doesn't work like spazzing out and like what do I do now and what do I and, and, and yelling at each other and it's just like yeah. you know you're about to get eaten yeah maybe yeah. move a little bit faster so, but I think that's part of the tension. They keep it ratcheting it up. Well, but otherwise, yeah, it's, it's I, good. I, I like the traditionalism in horror movies where they keep those, you know, normal tropes. But then some of them, they break the conventions. Like, I think in Scream, one of the Scream movies, the girl shoots him in the head to make sure he's dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, wow, I don't shoot him in that. the head. Yeah. It's like, just to make sure. Okay. Yeah. And he actually woke up and they shot him in the head. Yeah. It was great. I'm like, yep, that's, yeah, see, that's that, perfect. They needed that in that's... Wolf Creek. That was one thing that bothered me about that movie. She... Yeah. overpowers him really early on and then uh, just kind of ties him up really badly or do they even tie him up they just she kind of knocks him out right um, and then he just gets up and kills everyone of course but you had him dead to rights but I mean it would have been a short movie <laughs> if they'd left it there but I yeah. mean it's just don't put him in that situation and you've got to you've got to end up you're just going to piss off the audience if they're if you don't have any faith or respect for the protagonist or the main character then, you know, you're going to quickly lose any interest in seeing what happens next. Yeah, exactly. Because you just don't care. Yeah. So, what, what, one of my like guilty pleasures, horror wise, watching Jeepers Creepers 2, where it was like every 25 years, this, this monster resurrects mm. from the dead and he would invade this like farm town and it would like, just like eat people. And, it sounds and very X Files. Yeah. There's a couple of recurring and, characters. That yeah, and there was only a way one to kill him or in prison because he can't die and it would mm. resurrect every 25 years. Mm. And so, like, the son of the father grows into an old man and then and then yeah. in the end it's like the old man is all grown up where he was a young kid in the in the in the movie in the whole yeah. sequence of the movie and then he's just like there waiting for it to like wake up with the shotgun and it's all like in prison with like spears and shit so and the shotgun works oh the shotgun always works in horror movies man hmm. it's like it's like short range kill it it's it's, it's epic alright it's my favourite weapon for like video games in general there's not many horror series though are there I mean there's Ash versus Evil Dead Yep. That's a great series, mm-hmm. but um, beyond that, and there's The Walking Dead, obviously. Yep. Lots of dead in the title. Um, other than that, I can't think of anything. Have you seen... Um, American Dra- Horror Story, maybe, a little bit, can have Drag a Drag Me to moments. Hell? There's a funny one. Uh, That's a film, though. It is a film. Yeah, yeah. comedy horror. Yeah. 
No, I haven't seen that. But um, I mean, yeah, yeah well, you, with, when it comes to TV series, there's not a lot. It's slim pickings. That's true. Thankfully, That's true. what has been made has been pretty high quality. Yeah, Astros Evil so. Dead. Highly recommend you watch that both yeah. seasons. Because they were making one movie every say ten. They did one in the seventies, one in the eighties, and one in the nineties. Correct. And then suddenly you had an entire. I think they're up to two yeah. or three seasons now. Yeah, they had a reboot. So, uh, at, television's um, Evil much Dead, better. The remake. Yeah. Uh, with a female lead. Yeah, but that doesn't count. But then, but then Sam Raimi's what he said at a Comic Con that he wanted those both universes combined, so it would be Army of Darkness two with Bruce Campbell and the female lead together at one point in time. Well, so that's, when did he say that? Um, speculation. It was okay. an interview. Yeah. Mm. But this was years ago. Because I was so. just listening to a podcast where they did a premiere of The Walking Dead. I mean, sorry, Ash vs Evil Dead. <laughs> yeah. And someone got up and asked about. They're, if they're ever going to bring in characters or references to Army of Dead in the TV series, and they said no because we've only got rights to the first two movies. Right. Each movie was made by is owned by a different company. Yes, so uh, that's why they had different girlfriends. I think because uh-huh. they they couldn't use the stock footage from previous films. Yeah. So <laughs> people got confused over the years, and they would ask Bruce Campbell the same questions like, "Why is there a different girlfriend in the second movie than the first one?" And it's like, here we go. Well, look, it's not a sequel, really, Evil Dead 2. It's just, they've made it again, but made it funny. They, they made it better. So, of course, yeah. you can cast different actresses. But they, they, they couldn't use the stock footage for, say, there's like a memory sequence. Yeah. So they couldn't use the stock footage of, like, that film for, like, say, Army of Darkness, where he goes into the medieval times. Yeah. yeah. It's like they had to do the whole scene again oh. for that, like, memory sequence or, like, yeah, yeah. recap. So, yeah, so, that's yeah. the complicated thing when you're trying to get money and then you just have to take it where you can get it. And if it's yes. not the original, um, yeah, yeah, so unfortunately, um, and what else has been happening in news? It's like that uh, Han Solo prequel, they kicked out the, the two directors that they had that were the guys that made the Batman Lego. Oh, yeah, please do tell. I actually well, haven't read they basically, there was a week left of shooting and they fired the directors or creative differences, which usually means there was some kind of tension. And, <laughs> yeah. Um, Maybe it's just Disney an asshole. wanted it the way they wanted it and these guys weren't... They wanted it... You know, there was a, they just weren't seeing eye to eye on the creative side of it. And um, yeah. like what happened with Rogue One, they're going to bring someone else in and re-edit it and shape it the way I want to they the way they want to and thankfully with Rogue One that worked out okay because that's brilliant very gritty but um, pretty awesome but yeah too. I'm a bit worried that when I'm sure it'll turn out very watchable but um, yeah it's just kind of disappointing to see that kind of um, that they can't all get along because they're great you know they've done some really good films so and they've never had anything like this happen before um, so yeah they're a bit more light, though. A lot of the stuff they've done, like Batman Lego, is quite cheerful and very funny, kind of... very quick. I enjoyed that. Mm. Even as an adult, you know, you, you can be. It's good for everybody, not just the yeah. family. Um, yeah. So, but your your what are your expectations for Spider-Man: Homecoming? Are you having high expectations, or are you coming in with a blank slate? Well, it's hitting the numbers apparently. That's uh, there's been a few reviews out, and I haven't gone in read the actual review because I don't like to spoil it for myself but um, you know the feedback's been good generally it's all from what I have seen it's been positive so yeah and the trailer looked amazing and like Wonder Woman I think it's going to be a real great night out and um, something I'll remember yeah for a long time side question with Marvel wise which one did you like better Guardians 2 or Guardians 1 
Yeah, I think they both had they're different, you know. Like uh, number one's always going to stand out because that just broke the mold and um, was so original. And yeah. it's always going to be difficult for them to continue that um, staying fresh and everything. But I think they did the best they could with what they had. I enjoyed it. Um, but yeah, it's going to be hard to beat that initial kind of mind-blowing experience. It's these guys, there's a raccoon and a tree that can talk, well, yeah. to a degree, but yeah. and it works. And it's just that really just rocked everyone's world. Um yeah, yeah, once you see it, like, after one time, you're like, oh, you expect that's the formula for that certain movie, so you don't get the surprise factor anymore. And I kind of felt that for Guardians 2, but it was still a great film. Mm. I highly enjoyed it. But then uh, uh, you mentioned um, the other day um, about how Marvel destroys the dramatic moment. What was that? Oh, there was, was a video that, that got shared um, where a guy is basically saying that there's something called bathos. Bathos, that's the um, word, yeah. Which is a pretty old term, but ba- basically it's used where humour is used to undercut dramatic tension. Um, and there's it's a scene in Doctor Strange where he's getting all pumped and psyched to go out and battle the evil thing and he has his collar all turned up and then immediately his collar starts poking him in the eye or something or not staying in place because of course it's a sentient cloak yeah or is it a cape kind of a bit of both but yeah it's a cloak um yeah and that kind of ruined the moment for this guy it's like no he's serious he's got to be stay true to who he is and if you kind of make fun of it then it's too nod nod wink wink self-knowing and ironic and you know he referenced he showed a clip from the original spider-man which had no irony. It was just earnest and pure, and mm. he went out and kicked ass and was all serious. Yeah. Um, you know, and so his argument is that Marvel's kind of overdoing it. Since Josh Whedon left, they're trying to follow his formula of be dark, be gritty, but be funny, and they're kind of too much, too much funny. But I, I don't know. I mean, I think that scene worked for me. I laughed. I I wasn't pulled out of the drama. I think yeah, you got to be careful and strike a balance, but. So far, I don't think I've seen anything that's had me too worried. The, the the problem for me is that it's become so formulaic and conventional, and keyword is safe, that when I watch Civil War or Ant-Man or Age of Ultron, it's become, I, I expect when there's a deep, gritty moment, I expect there's some sort of like humor to lighten itself up. Uh, and, and unfortunately, I'm not compelled to see it again, uh, again in the cinemas. Or Which better. film's that? Um, just the, the Marvel movies in general. Oh, yeah. Okay. I mean, they're entertaining for a Saturday night, but then mm. afterwards I'm like, yeah. You think they're a little light on the... Yeah, I mean, I'd watch Wonder Woman again, mm. not because it's DC or I've Marvel, seen it but twice. because it's, it's, it's great uh, moments. It's yeah. like good action. And there was no, there was, there was some humor in it, but it didn't undercut any of the, uh, the no, drama. No exaggeration of Bathos, as you mentioned, yeah. you know, when she was walking through the, the ravages of war with the refugees and like the old ladies and everyone getting hurt, whatever. It's like, it was a shitty time, man. Yeah. It, was, it didn't need no bathos in that one. But anyway, I digress. Um, so we're going to wrap up soon, ladies and gentlemen. We went yep. on a great constructive rant about, what, uh, cosplay gatherings, small yep. gatherings, um, our expectations for Spider-Man. And... They were just here. You yeah. don't need to list everything and we talked stuff. about. All the things. All the things. Um, All the things. Yeah. Just uh, keep listening. We're going to hopefully have a special guest next week. Um, We will talk about Spider-Man. And um, yeah, just stay true to yourself and uh, keep smiling. 
Thank you, everybody. <laughs> Thanks for watching. Deep stuff. Keep it to the banana. I'm Vin. I'm Patrick. See you later. <laughs>